to the Radical Brilliance Podcast with Arjuna Arda and brilliant guests from around the world who are contributing to the evolution of humanity. Today's guest is Sue Mortar, who's going to talk to us about the energy codes. So here's your host, Arjuna Arda. Hey, welcome back to the Radical Brilliance Podcast. Today, I'm going to be in conversation with Dr. Sue Morda, who I've known now for 10 or 12 years. Her father was Dr. Ted Morda, the founder of Morda Chiropractic. And this was already a pretty innovative school of chiropractic. You know, oftentimes if you go to a chiropractor, they put you into a certain position, they line you up and, and they give you a, you know, a click and they move your vertebra in relation to each other. And that's what a lot of us know as chiropractic. Well, Morda Chiropractic, uh, which is a different kind of system, accomplishes very often the same ends, but in a radically different way. And that was really how I got to know Sue through the work of her father and uh, a local chiropractor in our area, who's uh, Don Williams, who's been doing that style of work for a long time. But what we're going to talk about with Sue today is a whole leap beyond her training and background as a chiropractor. Because we're going to be getting to understand today something, something we hardly ever go to. We're going to understand the electromagnetic impact of incarnation. <laughs> Whoa, that's kind of out there. Let's just think what that means for a minute, because... So often we get caught up in the specifics of how we have been traumatized by entering into human life. Okay, so let's say my case, you know, my parents divorced when I was four. It was a kind of violent divorce. My father was not really there. My mother was, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And out of all of that accumulated pain, and maybe, you know, if your par if one of your parents was alcoholic, then you become an adult child of alcoholics, ACOA. We, uh, that's just one example, but you know, maybe you've suffered some kind of um, mm, violation of boundaries. There are so many ways that we have been personally traumatized, and almost always we focus on the specifics of our story. I was hurt in this way, I was hurt in that way, and then we seek out other people who have had similar misfortune. And that way of seeing things, which is extremely prevalent and understandable, it somehow creates the assumption that most people had it better than me, but I unfortunately suffered from this, this uh, difficulty. What we overlook in focusing on our personal challenges and difficulties is the inherent trauma of being in a, a, a limited human form at all. And this is so out there because for most of us, it's all we know, you know, what can you compare it to? But actually, you could say mm, deeper down in, in a more innocent primordial consciousness that you can access in different, in meditation, sometimes in deep sleep or in psychedelics or whatever, with psychedelics, whatever, there are 
ways that we can access the knowing of who we are prior to being incarnate. And then we realize, wow, what my dad did to me, what my mum did to me, what this happened, what this happened, none, that's just scratch on the surface compared to this massive trauma of being thrust and compressed into a human body. It's what Sue is going to, in a few minutes, she's going to talk about that as the splat, the splat of incarnation. When we understand the inherently traumatic nature of shifting from being consciousness, of course, if you don't have a body, if we can, if we can regain an awareness of being consciousness outside of the body, Without a body, there's no birth and there's no death. And that's massive. If you experience yourself to be consciousness prior to birth and death, the fear of death disappears. If you're not born, you can't die. And with, without the fear of death, the perspective on everything changes. Of course, outside of a body, there isn't really time. And there certainly isn't separation. So... We tend to externalize that a lot and call that God or, you know, the divine or something separate. But more and more people in different ways are realizing they can access in the midst of their human incarnate traumatic experience. They can access this deeper dimension of consciousness without limits prior to incarnation. And that's what Sue's going to be talking about today. The way that we can return to that, regain that and then actually have some compassion and understanding, not so much for our personal traumatization, but for the inherent trauma of being incarnate. It's a fascinating work she's doing, and it also provides, the Energy Codes provides very practical tools for unraveling some of the, some of the trauma that's carried in the nervous system which is caused not so much by a personal story, but by the very impact of being contracted and compressed into a personal body, into a human body. So let's, uh, let's tune in to this conversation with Dr. Sue Morder. It's amazingly brilliant stuff. And at the end, stick around and I'm going to invite you into a practice at the end. Hey, Sue. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Thank you so much for taking time. Absolutely. My so we're, we're, yeah. we're here in Mexico. Mexico. Basically on vacation together. So they say. With a group We've been of, busy, with but a, with it's a group beautiful. Of people. And um, was it just yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. I heard you speak yes. uh, about some amazing stuff that actually a whole bunch of things clicked in place for me listening to you. Oh. So tied to what we talk about anyway in Radical Brilliance. So I think I just, we could start anywhere, but I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, if you don't mind, just choose a place to start and we'll let it spread from there. And it was really the piece you said that we, we, our default assumption is that we are a localized entity in time and space. And then we develop this relationship with something beyond, which you could call energy or presence. And the, the big, it seems like the, the core to what you're doing is to realize the entity is there as a radio transmitter, but actually you are that which you were aspiring to, which is a whole big flip around, that you are actually that which was never born, which could never die, 
and which is not separate. So let's, let's start from there and yes. see how we can build. Yeah. Well, our, our initial experience here on Earth is, who am I, what is this? Mm. And we orient toward the outer world and we develop protective processes to stay alive, to, to make it, to mm. fit in, etc. And those circuits are important to establish, but they, are, have, they basically have nothing to do with what's really, really going on. Mm. And so as we live in that exchange, mm. we ultimately begin to feel a sense of lack, a sense that something's missing or mm. that there's something I'm to seek. Mm. And when that friction gets great enough, we, we do a couple of things. We either pick up speed and try harder, mm. or we, uh, we, we fall, falter back. And ultimately we end up you know, looking for uh, the, the highest purpose, the highest explanation. We, we look toward the, the divine explanation, the big cosmic explanation of things. You know, what is the meaning of this? What is the meaning of life? And when, the moment we start to ask that question, we start to animate back up in a frequency scale um, toward where we actually are coming from. Mm-hmm. And so I was speaking yesterday about the fact that we're actually grounded in the divine, in the highest frequency. And our job is to come here and not lose consciousness of, of that fact. And yeah. we do. We yeah. land, we splat, we disperse, we forget. Yeah. Then we're off to the races trying to make it work. And during the course of our lives, it's, it's really designed to, to, that we pull ourselves back together from this splat, this dispersal, where our mm-hmm. mind goes one way, our body goes another, our breath goes another, and it's just dis- disintegrated. Mm-hmm. So the reintegration process is really getting ourselves together, which we commonly experience at some point or another in our lives. I have to get myself together. We even hear ourselves saying these words. Mm-hmm. And as that focal point comes back together, the true observer, the mm-hmm. creator mm-hmm. version of us, the mm-hmm. true higher self, which is really us, it's mm-hmm. not something we're supposed to, to speak to the higher self or spirit guided me. Mm-hmm. These words are clues that we are missing the point. Yeah. We're not supposed to listen to spirit or talk to spirit, although it's certainly better if we do that than not. Mm-hmm. But if we, if we come from this separate self that's trying to do all the doing to listening to spirit, we're getting closer. Mm-hmm. But there's another step altogether, a right. quantum flip into another reality that is the ultimate destiny for us. Right. We're supposed to be mm-hmm. creator, mm-hmm. creation, mm-hmm. and the action of creating constantly. Mm-hmm. The observer and the observed mm-hmm. and the action of observing is the bridge between those worlds. And this is what we truly are. So let's, um, let's focus a moment on splat. That's a beautiful word. Yeah. Okay, never heard that said before. <laughs> very scientific. Yeah, and no one has actually talked about incarnation as a splat. You know, that yeah. you, you know, but it's actually great because you, you, it's a movement from being universal and, and fluid and, and, and virtual, yeah. kind of quantum, as yet undecided in its form. Yes. To actually having a kind of collision with solidity. Yeah. And yeah, there is a splat where it's, it's, it's like something, something flowing hits solidity. Yeah. And the word also carries a sort of traumatic, yeah. uh, a, a quality of trauma to it. Very often we try to attribute a story to trauma. 
you know, like I had, oh, my mother did this. My, I, I see this so much that people say my personal story was traumatic. Yes. And we overlook the fact that incarnating itself is traumatic. Yes. Right? Yes. So and each of yeah. our individual experiences within that higher context mm. feels personal. Mm. It feels like this is what happened to me. Mm. But what I'm trying to get uh, humanity to recognize is that actually it's, it's part of the design. Yeah. It's part of divine design. Mm. When high frequency energy, this cosmic presence that we are, comes into the presence of lower frequency energy, friction occurs. Mm. When it comes, you know, in an instant, mm. that that friction can I just describe it like boom, this yeah. big, this big uh, uh, impact. Mm. And what happens in that friction is different for everyone, but is ultimately the same thing. Mm. That friction in one's life looks like my mother wasn't kind, yeah. my father left, mm -hmm. it looks like my boss is unreasonable, mm -hmm. it feels like my, my partner you know, doesn't understand me or doesn't get me. Mm -hmm. And if we could just have a context for every single time we're experiencing any one of those demonstrations of it mm. that says, that's it, that's you right mm -hmm. here on the face on the cutting edge of consciousness, it has, it's filled with friction. Your job is to be the absolute unwavering presence yeah. that brings that stillness of light and presence to the chaos. Mm -hmm. Instead, during the splat, we forget who we are. You mm -hmm. know, we just get tumbled and rumbled, and here we are. We stand up and we're basically like, what happened? Our defenses are up. Our externalization of our consciousness goes out to make sure we're safe or fitting in or belonging or doing what we're supposed to do to be okay here. Mm -hmm. First things first, let's survive. But we get stuck in building circuitry for that externalized you know, orientation. So we, we require the external world for, for our safety and our feedback and our level of okayness. Whereas if we and once we get ourselves together, mm -hmm. uh, we are now internally referencing because mm -hmm. that's how we get ourselves together. We become mm -hmm. self-referencing because that's the journey began with I am whole and complete and I'm coming to the cutting edge of consciousness and I'm going to further it by having my own personal experience of the friction mm -hmm. and then awakening right in the middle of it mm -hmm. to the truth mm -hmm. and realizing, oh... Mm -hmm. I know what's going on here. Mm -hmm. This isn't happening to me. This is happening for me. This is actually happening through me. It's actually mm -hmm. happening by my request mm -hmm. because on my way in, the electromagnetic collaboration that begins to happen and the polarization that occurs in the compressing of the energies causes us to land in exactly the perfect energetic vibrational frequency that is going to cause us to evolve. It's going to cause us to build the circuits to be able to sustain that unwavering presence here no matter what. That's why we come. So where we land is the perfect set of circumstances that mm. will pull from us mm. um, the part of us that we came in to evolve, to, yeah. to define, to refine, yeah. to muscle up on. Yeah, yeah. Kind of it's, a, it's a great way to see it. You know, I, I had an experience um, right before coming here. I, I organized myself. I was, I was working with a client at 1440, you know, in, yes. in Santa Cruz. Yes. So I drove to 1440 to work with my client with my luggage in the car. And the plan was then drive to the airport and fly. Well, while I was at 1440, I noticed as I was unpacking, no passport. Oh, I first thought, oh, it's no problem it's somewhere, you know. But no, I, 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 finally I was emptying every pocket of everything. There was no passport, you know. 
And it was in, th- those moments, of, for me, are actually the... M- it's those moments that are really your calibration for how are we doing with this, yeah, right. <laughs> this whole situation. Right. You know? What kind of circuitry do I have in yeah. place here? Yeah. To... So, you know, if, if I was actually very pleased that I didn't have a passport, I did have a flight, and the, 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 the quality of kind of gratitude, amusement, and play was not affected, you know, right through the whole thing. And then I, you know, I just figured, okay, and my... my my client was freaking out more than I was. It wasn't her problem, you know, but I thought, okay, so the worst thing that happens is I have to go to the passport office and be a day late for the conference. But in fact, my passport was at home, so I just had to drive all the way back home and get it and then go to the airport. But um, so it's, it actually does give you this perspective you're offering. It does give a whole new way of viewing anything you see as a negative circumstance. Every single one. Yeah. It's an opportunity. Yeah. You know, we talk about it's all good. We talk about universal consciousness, unity, oneness, and we're all seeking mm. ways to experience that and to share it and to, to collaborate again and, and to find grace and ease in our life. And we, we pray for an easier this or that. And mm. all the while, we're missing what's really happening here. Mm. And as we begin to reconnect with this perspective that we're speaking about, we recognize that, that, that as we come in, we pass through these vibrational frequency levels that, that orchestrate or coordinate the energies that are required for wholeness to reveal here. Because that's what furthers consciousness, is for wholeness to be found in a moment where it looks like something's missing, or something's mm-hmm. wrong, or something's mm-hmm. broken. Mm-hmm. And so, so by design, it is, it is all in our favor for awakening mm. to that realization, right. that remembrance. Right. So in a moment like this where the, you know, the pressure's on, the circumstances are wobbling, if we can maintain this alignment of breathing through the central channel of the body and breathing in the belly and staying deep in our core... What happens is we automatically teach the subconscious that even in this situation that could look like a threat, it could look like mm. a wobbling moment that could disperse me or splat me again, mm. I'm insisting that no, these synapses, these neural pathways get to sustain themselves right through in a creative essence without flipping into fight or flight uh, um, um, para- uh, sympathetic dominance mm-hmm. we get to stay in a harmonious status no matter what is happening yeah. and as we learn to do that we are truly evolving ourselves as mm. this conscious universal being able to come onto the front line without losing it mm. and that's the first benefit the second benefit is we start experiencing ourselves as this holy divine cosmic universal intelligent presence that is here to transmute circumstances, we take it on as a project. Yeah. It's not personal. Yeah. It's the project that mm-hmm. humanity is here working with. So our personal stories become impersonal, and the things that we used to hold as impersonal become personal. Mm-hmm. We used to hold God as impersonal, yeah. as this other thing, this other place, or this other state global of being. warming, for that matter. But right. It becomes my, my problem, rather than... Well, well, my opportunity. My project, yeah. Yes, yeah. my opportunity yeah. to care more, yeah. to be more present, yeah. to make different choices, yeah. to to speak into a situation where we used to be hesitant. Yeah. We used to think, well, right. you know, I don't want to mess right. with that or meddle or who am I to right. challenge the authorities or whatever. We don't have to go about it as a challenge. We don't have to go about it as a warrior, but we do have to come forward with our wisdom. 
And we have to establish ourselves in our wisdom before we can do that with grace and ease. Otherwise, it just becomes another battle. Yes. And you can't fight. You can't march against war. Yeah. You, know? you, you can't fight against fighting. Exactly. It's just you know, yeah. completely impossible to have an outcome that we're truly looking for. Fantastic. Whoa. If you're enjoying this podcast with Arjuna Arda and his radically brilliant guest, you might also enjoy our eight-week online group coaching program. It's an opportunity to go deep and get stable in practices that enhance your own brilliance. We only take 20 participants at a time, so in a small and intimate group, you can go through the whole Radical Brilliance cycle. You'll have an accountability partner in another brilliant aspirant from somewhere around the world. The eight-week coaching program involves eight one-hour webinars with Arjuna Arda and a group of other Radical Brilliance coaches. You'll also receive one 30-minute coaching session with your own personal coach every week and one 90-minute coaching session with Arjuna himself. It's the ideal opportunity to drop deep into yourself, into the source of your own creativity, and to get support for an entire eight weeks of mining your own radical brilliance and bringing it forth into a project or creation that can truly serve the future of humanity. Find out more at RadicalBrilliance.com and click on the Programs tab. <laughs> so I wanted to pick up on one thing you talked about, which is actually a really, it's a kind of a mind bender in a way, because our mind is, the mind is so habituated to talk in terms of individuality and separation. So it's a kind of confusing thing that, that obviously down in the splat, we are separate and different, right? So the, the, uh, the Sioux splat is distinct from the Arjuna splat in all kinds of ways. Individual forms of splatting. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. Now, when we start to talk about, when we start to say, you've used the word we a lot, which is kind of, it's ambiguous because it's not like you, I, you. But, so when that undifferentiated source, which is outside of time, outside of birth and death, outside of limitation, incarnates, prior to it, prior to that happening, we're tempted to talk about it as, as an individual, like, say, so you, you took form to resolve, you know, to, to meet these challenges. But actually, once we fully come back up the, the vortex yeah. into origin, where there are no, where there is not yet any differentiating characteristics, actually that which takes form as Sue and that which takes form as Arjuna really isn't distinct. Right, because there's nothing, there's no difference between, right? Yeah. There's a kind of strange language that, because we tend, we often want to reference it as if it was an individual entity to whom that happened. Yeah. But it's more like, a, it seems to me, I want to a question, although it sounds like a statement, it seems more like that at that level, it's more like oceanic, and in the waves there is separation. But, in the, uh, but the origin of every, every wave is ocean, but in the ocean you don't have any boundaries left. So let's just talk about that because it's yes. sort of strange that we talk about the forces. If, if we talk about the forces that cause incarnation, 
It sounds like it's forces that are operating on an individual, although that which is operated upon prior to incarnation doesn't have an individuality. Yes, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Love it. Mm -hmm. So, I can tell you my experience yeah. was to be in the state of oneness, of complete wholeness, and in a, in a moment, it was as if mm. a word was spoken, mm. which is what brings my attention to the ancient texts that all seem to reference in the beginning there was the word. Yeah. It's a vibrational, tonal frequency, right. and it was as if a word was spoken and the word was yes. Mm -hmm. And what immediately followed it was I Right. I am. Yes, brilliant. So, Without any third word there, right? Not I am Sue, but just mm -mm, I am. Just that. Yeah. And in that moment, energies came rushing to a single point mm. of reference mm -hmm. that became mm. am. Yeah. Mm. First it was yes, I. And between the I and the am, mm. it was as if mountains... Uh, like some Indiana Jones movie with some big rolling stone yeah. <laughs> towards you with that kind of vibration and intensity, mm. massive mm. frequency, colors and presence of different energies. I don't really know how else to describe it in this moment. Came rushing to this single place, mm. this one point. Mm. And it is the same point that I am mm -hmm. as I sit here in in recollection of or am speaking from that place. Mm -hmm. So so there is this there was this unified field of presence, just this pure presence and then Which is your true nature and my true nature. Our shared time. So we are in that yes. way can I just inter interrupt yes, you please because because it's kind of super cool stuff. Because yeah, actually if you and I kind of slowly sort of unsplat together by the way, it's a gorgeous ring. Thank you. If, if you and I unsplat together yeah. and then kind of rise into like more and more undifferentiated energy, more like energy, energetic patterns, if we keep ascending out of incarnateness, mm -hmm. we reach a place here actually still in bodies where we can look in each other's eyes and realize it's the same. Mm -hmm. That we're actually having a podcast with ourselves. It's the only thing that's ever happening here. Right. We are walking around on this planet yeah. inside of ourselves. Right. And that, Everything that we encounter right. is a reflection of our own consciousness. So I could say, hello, me. Nice to meet me. <laughs> nice to meet me. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, that's so cool because it, it seems like any kind, of, any kind of attempt at compassion or service is a little forced until we have that realization that when I'm, when I'm in compassionate service, I'm just taking care of myself in another form. It, yes, and it actually comes to a place where it, it doesn't even run through a thought process like that. Yeah. It's the natural, innate, course. auto yeah. Yeah. autopilot thing to do is yeah. to see, yeah. see self, see thyself yes. in yeah. everything that's occurring. Right. And there's a constant welcoming of all influxes of information. Mm. All of it is input. All of it is... It's all me reminding myself. Yes, yeah. uh, of my greatness. That's yeah. the key yeah. that I think will help everyone. Yeah. Because often we'll see something and we're like, oh, I'm not that. I don't right. want to be that. Right. And, and it's, that, it's not exactly like that. Yeah. It's, it's that what you're seeing, if you don't 
like what you see. Mm. It's an invitation for you to come onto the self here to this single point that you've taken stewardship for. Yeah. Right here, my job is to remain in the grand neutrality that is the truth of the we that we're speaking of, to maintain that grand neutrality in the presence of seeing and observing all experiences here on this plane of existence. Because when we can do that, we're bringing the unity consciousness here. We're bringing source to the frontier. And when we do that, we build the circuitry to sustain to sustain source here on yes. the frontier. Yeah. And so during those moments, we are appreciative of what we see that might be disruptive because it I might not do that thing I'm witnessing exactly to someone else. Maybe you're seeing someone be abusive to someone else and you're like, I'm not that. I'm not abusive that way. But are there ways, and I guarantee there are, that deep in our own consciousness we are abusive between the pieces and the parts of us that have yes. not yet integrated? Yeah. And so we are self-judging in this way or abusive in that way. So, you can so find those energies the exist in here. Yeah. They're yeah. just being revealed out here in the movie. Yeah. You know, I'd love to share a story with you. Can I do that? Please. But, 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 but I, about that. I want to primarily talk about your work, but this is just a, a story that fits so well. So a long time ago, I mean, must be, I'm guessing, 20 years ago, I was leading a retreat, a one-week retreat in uh, Sweden in the winter time. Sweden in the winter is like <laughs> we're talking heavy-duty winter, yeah. you know. And it was half men, half women, right? So on about the third day, we separated the men and the women. The, me the men, we went off to a separate building at nine in the morning. Women stayed in, in the other building, and we worked on four questions. The first was among the men: How have you? How have you been hurt by women? What have women done to you? Right? That took like two hours, you know. And how have you hurt women? What are the things you've done to women? Right? And then I think it was, what do you love about women? You know, what do you kind of ah? And then the last was, what do you want to create? What, as a man, what do you want to create with a woman? The women went through these same questions. So it was like, how have you been hurt? How have you hurt? What do you love about? And what do you want to create? And they went so. Finally, this got to be like the evening, because it, it gets dark super early, so this is in the dark. We came back, beating a drum, we came back. We were in a big, you know, meeting room. All the men sat in, in two rows at one end of this big room. The women sat on the other side, and there was a big gap in between. And we started to share these things, right? So a man would stand up and say, woman, you hurt me when you blah, blah, blah. And then one of the, he would say, woman, you hurt me when you led me on with your seduction and then threw me away, you know, or, you know, laughed at me. And then there'd be a silence. And then one, one, of, the, one of the women, who you didn't know this guy, would stand up and say, yes, I did that. And I'm sorry, because she could own that, that behavior, right? So we went backwards and forwards. So finally, it gets to this woman who's, it's, it's their turn now. And she stands up and she says, man, you, when I was 15, you and your friends waited for me in a dark alley. And when I came walking alone down the alley, you gang raped me one after the other and left me in the winter to bleed and die alone. Poof. Okay. So there's a stunned silence, a shocked silence. We're talking about gang rape here, you know. Nobody is going to stand up and say, yes, I did that. Nobody could find anything. But here was the tragedy that everybody else had had their hurt met. This woman with the deepest hurt was not going to be met, right? So I'm sitting there as the facilitator, realizing I can't let this happen, you see. I can't let this woman be the one who doesn't get, who doesn't get the healing. So finally I stood up as the facilitator and I said, yes, 
Because the way I, what I had to do is not find where I had gang raped a woman. I've never done anything remotely right. like that. I had to find the place where in my thoughts I've used a woman as an object, even just in my thoughts, right? right. So I stood up and I said, yeah, that was me. I, I used you as an object. I discarded you. Didn't care what happened to you. And I'm sorry. And one by one, just by osmosis, these other guys caught on. This is mm. what you were saying. Like, yeah. it's the, and, and actually what happened then, is it, and it's going to be hard for me to repeat this without tearing up, but one by one, these big, solid Swedish guys mm. slowly walked across the whole, big expanse, they walked alone across the whole thing, kneeled down before this woman and said, I'm so sorry for all the pain I've caused you. I'm so sorry. Bowed down and she put her hand on each one's head to kind of forgive them. Right? 20 guys offering their deep regret for the pain they had caused. Of course, they hadn't done it personally, yeah. you know, but it was like a surrogate collective apology, right? So this is similar to what you're talking about. You see yes. something going on out there and you say, well, no, I didn't do that myself, but I'm capable, the seeds are yeah. there. So here's just the end of the story. I used to teach regularly in that center in Sweden. It was called Ansbacka in Karlstad in Sweden. And um, the next summer I went back, they had a festival every year. Uh, it, was, it was about a year later, so I don't know, maybe a year and a half later. And this woman comes up to me, young woman, you know, like young, fresh woman. And um, she could have been the daughter of the woman that was in this retreat. And she said, I want to thank you. I didn't recognize her. I said, what for? She said, I was in your retreat. And then I just saw everything was different about her. Her hair was different, clothes. Everything. She said, you know, I actually managed to have two children with my husband. But every time I had sex, my body would go into trauma. I don't know how we actually managed to get pregnant. And she said, since that day, I started to enjoy sex again. I can enjoy touch again. That, just that thing took all that pain away. And you know, that's so often what happens. You know, it's a surrogate apology. And it's all based on that thing you're saying. Yes. That maybe I didn't do it, but I have the seeds in me. Yes. And so I can actually take responsibility for the things that most appall me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's about coming. It's such a, an amazing, beautiful... Mm -hmm. I'm so um, honored to, uh, to be with you in this <laughs> moment. Yes. You're hosting those kinds of, of circumstances. And, and when we can step as a facilitator into that and lay the whole thing and just know that there's only one thing that needs to happen here, mm. and that is the radical love and acceptance of every human being on this planet. Yeah. And to be the first to go, even if it looks awkward or it doesn't make sense and what's happening is we're the embodiment of this this wave coming forward into this this cutting edge this this veneer on the surface that is keeping everyone imprisoned mm. feeling isolated and alone and yeah. unhealed and unheard right. and unloved and as we step into those things it is um, it is truly the greatest gift on earth that yeah. we can do yeah. and um, and as we do that, we, what we're doing is healing the bandwidth of humanity. Mm -hmm. And if we can take this on, and, and it can't be, it oh, can't be say that again. Healing, healing the, the bandwidth, bandwidth of humanity, of, humanity, of human yeah. consciousness, bringing it into stillness and yeah. wholeness again. I'm going to write that down, healing yeah. the bandwidth of humanity. Yeah. And it can't be done intellectually. Yeah. It has to be done uh, as if we're caught up in the moment of wanting to make a difference and to know how to make the difference, not just on the emotional body level, not just on the mental body level, mm. but on every level of our being, mental, emotional, physical, ethereal, spiritual, all of those frequencies have to come forward at the same time. 
for us to have a true, whole, embodied and integrated healing. Mm. Otherwise, we try to intellectually go and do the healing and we don't evolve uh, personally. We don't have the energetic experience. Our own cells don't get to to uh, relish in the unity that's happening in that moment, that, that grand unification that's evolving. So we have to allow, and this is kind of difficult for us sometimes, we think that I should go out there and serve, uh, and we, we oftentimes don't say, you know, me too, include myself in the healing, in the wholeness, in the, mm. in the giving. Mm-hmm. And, mm. and it actually contributes to duality yes, if we exactly. don't allow ourselves right. to, to be part of it. Yeah. So we have to say me too. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we have to say me first, mm-hmm. because if it's me first, the, the energetic gets filtered from this mm-hmm. divine wholeness mm-hmm. through this system, mm-hmm. and the system begins to raise its vibration to, mm-hmm. to the equivalent of it. Mm-hmm. We ascend our own frequencies, and then what emanates off of us mm. is the loving presence that is needed so that in any given moment we can see and feel and sense what is needed mm. without having to go and do the doing mm. we are just available to it and that allows us to do the same within our own consciousness to be available to the conflicting thoughts mm. the judgments that are there that we don't speak or that we try to suppress that we're no longer suppressing or avoiding or denying some of the vibrational frequencies that we that we're not so uh, fond of, mm-hmm. like guilt and shame and fear and these kinds of things. These these suppressed vibrational frequencies that we've decided we've we've judged as bad mm-hmm. keep us from ever experiencing our wholeness. Mm-hmm. We have to develop this this unique uh, grand neutrality. To all things, be the place where judgment simply doesn't happen. Mm. And in that, we're able to embrace all these frequencies because each of them are serving something. Mm. Those energies that we deny are actually the grounding, rooting, uh, gritty vibrations that bring us all the way here to the planet, to our humanity. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's that, you know, John Gray's first book was called You Cannot Heal What You Cannot Feel. Right, you've got to actually show up to the event to be able to transform it. Yes, if you can feel it. Yeah. Uh, it will definitely heal. Yeah. Uh, particularly if we know to breathe our loving presence into that feeling at the same time, yeah. uh, then it brings that source right into the... It brings the divinity into the humanity and everything begins to uh, equilibrate. It begins to resonate at a, higher, at a higher frequency. Beautiful. That's what we're here to do. As you're listening to this conversation with Arjuna Arda and his radically brilliant guest, you might feel inspired to go deeper into your own expression of radical brilliance. Come join us for a one-week Radical Brilliance Laboratory held in a beautiful rural location in the Sierra Nevada mountains of California. During the laboratory, you'll have an opportunity to dive deeply into all four quadrants of the Brilliant Cycle. This means you'll be able to explore experiences of consciousness without boundaries. And you'll be able to start accessing original impulses of creativity from within yourself that can become your unique contribution to the world. You can get in touch with your own learning, 
and integrate mistakes that will allow you to mature and grow. You'll have the chance to deeply mine your own resources as well as connect with other brilliant people in a small, intimate context for a week. You can check out the Radical Brilliance Laboratories at RadicalBrilliance.com under the Events tab. So I want to I go the circuitry, on the circuitry ride with you, okay? Sure. In this Disneyland of delight. Yeah. So, because this, is, this feels to me like really your speciality, you know, is... is, is you've, you've used that term a little bit of... Um, building or developing or repairing the circuitry to be able to handle the frequency of our true nature. And that's what I notice a lot of what happens frequently for people is they'll have a peak experience of expansive consciousness with a teacher on psychedelics, you know, whatever, in meditation, but it's not sustained. And I think you've got a really good answer to, to, to the question why is because of circuitry. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about broken circuitry or circuitry that's unable to sustain the vibration of source of your of who you really are sure you know think of circuitry as embodiment there is mm -hmm. enlightenment mm -hmm. and embodiment mm -hmm. we can go and take a psychedelic a psychotropic and or uh, an ayahuasca or have a meditative experience a near-death experience an out-of-body experience we can have these experiences mm -hmm. and then we come back here mm -hmm. and we're now we now are aware of two realities, and mm. this can cause a problem if yeah. we don't have the bridge between those very worlds. Very painful. Yeah. People want to be yeah. there; they don't want to be here. Right. They seek it for the rest of their lives yeah. to reproduce or recreate. They can become addicted. All kinds of things can occur. So, so when I had my initial revelations and openings, uh, the very first thing I wanted to do was have that again. Mm -hmm. Couldn't make it happen. Mm. So I began to you know generate a laboratory. Um, being trained as I was to get outcomes and to to be clinical about it, I I found myself turning my life into this laboratory. And beautiful. As I began to find what hap needed to happen inside of my mind and body and breath collectively, um, I was able to reproduce and and get the gateway open again. Mm. And and I recognized that it was it wasn't about searching out there. Mm. It was about coming in here yeah. that allowed it to be reproduced, which was quite different than than what I had been taught or, you know, what had been led in meditation retreats and things like that that I had been to. And so so what I began to recognize was that it was about I had to create new habits, new ways of being, new come-froms, new, new reference points uh, to, in order to do what I wanted to recreate. And in doing so, I recognized that my third eye opened, I could see the energy inside the body, and I could see that there were gaps and pockets. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew, that there were areas of whiteness and areas of darkness and areas of all kinds of distortions, etc. So I began working inside of my meditative state to connect this spot with this spot. And as I did, I could feel something happen. And, and so I took my foot off the gas. And as I took my foot off the doing, I noticed that that energy was actually trying to do that on its own. And all I had to do was mm. land my attention on it and just, just dwell in the presence of what was happening. That the more I did, the less it happened. It's a great insight, yeah. If I, if I kicked back into this neutrality, this observer, mm. I could witness 
that the energy totally knew what to do. Awesome. And as I put my attention on it, it picked up power. But if I tried to push it, it didn't. Right. So I just had to open and revel in what was happening. And the more I reveled in it, like adore, adoration, sacred, uh, this tenderness, this preciousness, this rare, those kinds of frequencies, when I held that state, it would happen automatically, that these areas would connect with each other. And once enough of these areas were connecting with each other, mm. suddenly I was illuminated into these other dimensions. And so I began to recognize we have to build the circuitry, the connective bridges between the parts of our consciousness that are awake, and we have to carve through the parts that are asleep to do so. And you I can only really do that by love and embrace. Yeah. I want to get a little clarity here because I, I, I just got two different currents there. Yeah. Right? And it's so important what you're saying. Right? Yes, yes. You understand it. So on the one hand, what I was hearing was that the doing is counterproductive. Yes. And if you actually rest into spaciousness, into, into your true nature, yes. it, it frees up a kind of almost like an energetic immune system that will take care of, that will, will self-repair. Yes. Rather like if you cut your finger... Uh, you just it knows a, what to do. Yeah, if you you just put a band aid, which is just really to protect it. Yeah. And it will, and you, miraculously, a few days later, you take the band aid off, and it's all healed. And yes. you didn't do anything about yes. that, right? So on the one hand, I'm hearing really yeah. more and more time spent in non-doing, in spaciousness, yes. in true nature, yes, in in, in in inquiry and curiosity about that yes. will just allow the, the mechanism to repair itself. Yes. But on the other hand, I'm hearing you use words like carve out, you know, Build, bridge, right. yeah, mm -hmm. which appears to be a doing. A doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's just resolve that one. Yeah, it's a both and. Okay. First we have to feel and sense and perceive where there is this spacious energy evolving and doing its thing. We have yeah. to be in the observation of that. My intention was, I, I, I'm here to integrate. I want this, this spacious, flowing, misty white substance that I can see in pockets to be integrated throughout my whole being. That was mm -hmm. my intention. When I would try to do it, I couldn't make it happen. Yeah. But as I became aware of where it wasn't, and could feel where it was. My intentionality was to get this to someday, in its own way, come over here. So it was a, it's a collaboration. We are co-creating. Co we are yeah. this creative mm. presence that yeah. is the observing you know, one, the observer, the creator. Mm. And we are here in the process of creating. And we are the creation. All at the same time. Yeah. So I would find a place okay. that it was, I would intend for it to connect, but then I had to take my foot off the gas and let it do the work. Yeah, right. Because it knew the way and it was always a winding path. Mm. Like the mind would say, well, I can feel you here and I, I know I got a hip issue over here that doesn't feel good. I just sense that if this white energy could get down here into this hip, mm. it would all be fine. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't make it just go over there and have it make a difference for me in the days that would follow. Mm. So I'd come back and to those states in the middle of the night or in deep meditation and I would say you know I still got this thing going this would be happening and I would just intend it and then I would surrender to you find your way mm. you, okay just surrender and then as I would breathe and do the practices that I had that I'm teaching people to do what would happen is it would sometimes go over to my right flank or my right my right hip 
or up into my right shoulder and loop around and then make its way down right. to the left hip. So Not something my logical mind would have ever thought would right. be appropriate, necessary, or even possible right. to make a difference in my left hip. Yeah. So this is the problem. We're diagnosing and cookbook approaching trying to treat symptoms when there's something much more right. uh, intricate and holistic at play here that if we could train our minds, and we can, to follow and sense and, and facilitate mm and hold the space for this to happen, it flows in, and a hip issue I had for 35 years was gone. Right. Mm. And it had my attention. Mm -hmm. And an entire scoliosis mm -hmm. in my spine resolved itself wow. over a period of months That's very unusual, to right? do. Yeah. Migraine headaches that mm. were plaguing me, missing work a couple of days a week for mm. months at a time, uh, never again. Hmm. And I, when I could go to work, I could help other people with their migraine headaches. But these days, out. Hmm. Until this unwinding hmm. was allowed to happen in my physiology. Because the physiology is an outpicturing of the consciousness. The rooted area, the second chakra, these chakras are levels of consciousness. They're not just wheels of energy in the body that we're supposed to be working with that have an endocrine gland associated with them and chemistries. and all. There's a level of our way of being, of perceiving life, of wholeness that is associated with each of those frequencies. And, mm. and that started to come online for me as well as these areas were starting to bridge themselves. And I was just coming present to the intention, and then the passenger seat all at the same time. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. It's awesome. Awesome. If you're enjoying this podcast, you might enjoy dropping by RadicalBrilliance.com. We've got an ebook for you which explains the Radical Brilliance cycle the way the cycle gets blocked, and the practices that best open up the cycle again. We also have five days of gifts and insights for you, delivered every day by email and video, which go much more deeply into the phases of the cycle, the ways that the cycle can become a kind of diagnosis of blocked brilliance, and a way to accurately find the right practice for each person. In addition, you'll receive a video about the single most important practice that we have determined affects brilliance, and another video about everyone's favorite topic, brilliant sex. It's all totally free, prepared for you as our guest. Please come to RadicalBrilliance.com. Register on the homepage and you'll receive the ebook right away. Then you'll be guided through the five days of videos to take you deeper into your own radical brilliance. You, you say you said you said practices you're training people to do. Yeah. I picked up on that. Can, can yeah. we? Can you kind of give us a little granular taste of what those sure. practices are? You know so. So we were speaking about, um, in our talk just yesterday, about anchoring in the central channel 
these four anchor points yes, yeah, that, that was I was great. establishing as okay. an initial okay. initial thing, okay. where we're getting people to root themselves in the base of the pelvic bowl hmm. and to squeeze the muscles there so that they can feel and sense themselves there. Do you to, have any kind of resource about that, like an audio or a video or any anywhere? Sure. Is it, yes. is it like a, is it readily available or is it inside something? Um, it is. It, there are things on the website that are. Um, that, that give this in different places. So in the book, there are links that take okay. people straight to those so, demonstrations. So that's one practice. Yeah. And, and what I noticed the effect of that practice is that it really brings the awareness present with the body and the contraction. Yes. So you're, like, you're yes. right there. It's yeah. about training the mind to find us in yeah. the central core of our being. Yeah. And we contract the muscles of doing mm. in order to pull the mind onto us so that yeah. the mind can find us there. Yeah. Yeah. Then once the mind sets itself there mm-hmm. and we're seated in the central channel, we don't have to keep working at it. Mm. It becomes our new come from, yeah. which was this also this practice of nice. object, subject, okay. object, subject, right, right. coming come home, from. come That's home, yeah. bring your mind onto you. Yeah. And so I love that. then we start breathing life into that one yeah. because that one hasn't had a breath. Yeah. We've been out here in the splat breathing yeah. all this time. <laughs> okay. Out here in the splat building our identity and our yeah. relationships and choosing our careers from this dispersed, compromised place. Yeah. So we're, we're saying, okay, reel it back in here. Yeah. All those skills that you developed out there, they're going to mm. serve you one day in a mm. totally different way than you thought they were mm-hmm. being developed for. Mm. And at the same time, you're in in the meantime we're doing some doing to cut a swath through the jungle mm-hmm. that that is just chaotically disorganized in here because no one's been home to bring some structure and some presence here that picks up this clarity and this intensity because of the the uh, the focal point of the mind being on it. The mind magnifies everything that it lands on. It's never been landing on the soul in the central core piece of the toric field, which is the, the core of our being. It doesn't do that. Every once in a while it has a gut feeling and it either listens or ignores. But this is a life I want people to be living constantly from this gut feeling space, constantly being shown and told. The mind is constantly being being led to its path of ease and grace. It's by design that we would live a life that way, but we've just been trained to use it where it's making all the decisions and trying to calculate exactly, and strategize exactly. and, and it's, because of that, it's because of that kind of lone ranger feeling, I've got to do all this on my own, and you get disconnected from where the real power is coming from. God forbid we yeah. get rewarded for it just one time. Then we yeah. do it twice as fast, we get yeah. up earlier and yeah. do it, exactly. you know, no matter what, I'm not letting go. And so exactly. we're identified as the mind mm-hmm. because the mind saved us in the day of mm-hmm. the original splat. Mm-hmm. So we, we got on that horse and rode it. Yeah. The problem is the mind alone is not, a, not, it's not the whole yeah. tamale. Yeah, yeah. It will not <laughs> allow for wholeness ever to be experienced on an ongoing basis. You mentioned earlier on in our conversation, you talked about prayer. Prayer, you know, and uh, I, I'm kind of realizing more and more that prayer, like that the right use of prayer, is actually a dialogue between these different dimensions of ourselves. You know, it's it's like the the incarnate, apparently separate entity being able to kind of call back to HQ, which is still us, but it, but but in a in a in a unified field, and there's a kind of dialogue goes backwards and forth. So prayer is actually not between you and something outside yourself; it's right. been between you and something deeper within yourself. Yes. Yeah. Exactly that. That yeah. is the bridge between the two. It's the yeah. surrender of the mind. Yeah. 
to an open possibility. Yeah. It's heartfelt yeah. and it's very focused. We, right. we focus in. Yeah. So our intentionality is here. The mind is on the same circumstance. We're breathing right into that with all of our hearts. And when you mm. bring the heart energy and the breath and the mind together, it's a beautiful moment for openings and openings and openings to occur. Yeah. I want people to know how to do that intentionally with embodiment practices at the same time. Anchor that prayer in the body. Mm. Let the body help right. to serve the, uh, the prayer being answered right. because it's designed for that. We're built uh, in this body. We are the universal being, the cosmic being folded in on itself, creating this physical form. When we release the mind to surrendering into prayer, it activates a different vibration that's being held hostage mm -hmm. with the thinking analytical mind. Mm -hmm. So when we pray, mm -hmm. we say, we just open the trap door. Mm -hmm. And this stuff that's in there starts to reveal. So this deeper world within that we're speaking of gets to reveal and it appears as if a prayer has been answered. When all the while... We've been keeping the prayer at bay yeah. with the way that we've been living with well, a survival circuitry. I, I can do this on my own, thank you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I got I don't this. Need any help. I, I got, got this. this. Yeah, I got yeah. this. Right, right, right. So I, I feel like there's a little bit more I want to mine with you for, about the circuitry, okay? Because yeah. so far what you've really commented is that the what, I, what I'm understanding is a kind of almost like an, an energetic immune system. Like the immune system knows how to heal physical things. Yeah. This is like a... It's like a kind of immunity that knows how to clear energy blocks on its own. You bet. And that's a part of it. And I'm getting the sense there may be a little more granular nature to understanding how circuitry is more or less suitable to us living in our more expansive dimensions. Sure. So we come into um, this body. We are living attached to the mind. We think that's who we are. Uh, we have to get unattached from the mind and realize that we are pure awareness mm. and we're supposed to use the mind to serve us rather mm. than the mind driving, driving our existence, our experience. And so as we unattach from the mind, we get the mind to serve us instead of, instead of it driving us and it controlling us. So we unattach, we get it serving us and here's what happens. When we direct the mind to the central core channel, we are moving with our intention um, photons. We have an impact on photons with our conscious intention. What we put our mind to, energy goes to. And so we're putting our mind to the central core channel with this breath work that we're doing up and down the central channel. We're creating photon density in the core channel. Photons have an effect on electrons. Electron movement then starts to happen. We pick up density in the central core channel in a fashion that wasn't there before. Our sensory nervous system then can start to pick up on a sense of self mm. at the core that we never had before. We can build a sense of this is who I am instead of this is who I am. Mm. If you like me, that's who I am. Mm. If I accomplish this, that's who I am. Let me just, if a lot of people are going to hear this on, yeah. on, board, on uh, audio. So yeah. when you say, oh, I see. It says it, yeah. you, you, you get rooted in this is who I am, meaning you were pointing towards the, the, Toward the, the spinal being, cord. Yeah. To the instead central of, body. Instead of this, and then you had your hands waving Pointing outward. outward. Exactly. So I become directed toward the core central channel of my body, which, which if I were to describe it, mm. it's a channel that runs from the crown of my head, like the soft spot when you're a child, when yeah. you're a baby, yeah. right down through the center of the brain. It runs through the center of the throat, the center of the chest, 
runs through the center of the belly, runs through the center of the pelvis, and drops straight down into the earth. It's about the size of uh, maybe a racquetball ball, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And it just it's a tube, like, like a fluorescent light bulb tube, yeah. right. runs right down through the center of the body. And we want to direct our attention there, and we want to breathe up and down this tube from above the head to the heart, exhaling into the earth, inhaling from the earth up to the heart, and exhaling up through the tube and out the top of the head. And the more that we do that, with the four anchor points of squeezing the muscles in the base of the pelvic bowl, hugging the muscles inside the core of your heart space, Mm. constricting the muscles in your throat, rolling your eyes and feeling the tension behind your eyes, only to give you a spatial relationship, a sense of presence there in that tube area, and then breathing through those squeezed muscles and those constricted areas so that the sensory system can begin to place, oh, that's where I am. That's where I'm supposed to live. I got that. I can Mm. feel that. Mm. Once I can have that sense of location, I can relax the musculature and all these constrictions and rotations of the eyes, etc. As long as I can keep my awareness in that alignment. If I get dispersed out onto the bright, shiny things of life or splatted or pulled out from some someone that I give my power away to, then I'm now back into my old set of circuits and I just have to keep bringing myself back to center and breathing up and down through that until I have developed a new come from. When I do that, just just energetically, Hmm. the nervous system starts to pick up on that and starts to have a new reference point as self. That starts to register in the subconscious constantly like, what you just said doesn't threaten me because, you know, someone enters the room and they say something. It no longer is perceived as a threat because my identity is no longer hooked up with your experience of me. I have an identity of me that's sitting here just fine all the time. I can feel me. No matter if I lost my passport, no matter if the time is up, no matter what's going on, I'm here. And it's the I that I am being is the eternal I. It's the one who came, the one that comes from this divine source that is timeless, that is ageless, that is completely present and presence all the time. So as my mind finds that one, my mind is relieved because it's no longer looking mm-hmm. for something. It has found what it was looking for. Mm-hmm. And so now the mind not only being is no longer distracted looking for source or looking for answer, it's now here to magnify source. Beautiful. Right. I want to play that forward a little bit because that is definitely, you know, what you're describing very eloquently is the moment of awakening that, that uh, and the stabilization of awakening that's, you know, that is that people arrive from many different paths, you know? And I want to see if we can play it forward a bit because when, when in the splat, right, as you've described, a lot of the mind's activity goes towards acquisition for me or keeping away things that I don't want. So, yeah. I mean, almost the entire mind is caught up yeah, with man. desire and fear, desire yeah. and fear, you know? How can I get more for me, yeah. more for me, more for me, keep things away I don't want? Yeah. When we settle back, I mean, into, I mean, you're localizing it, I think, very, very beautifully as the central channel in the body, but it can also, it could also be experienced as, as actually non-localized, like re- relaxing. For me, it's always been relaxing more into spaciousness. You know? Yes. But I think yours is a very nice embodied. And ultimately, they're one and the same. One and the same. Yeah. But but if we just go to spaciousness, we have a tendency to leave exactly the, no, I, the self saying, like here out, like of the, out of the mix. Exactly. No, I, I love it. So actually, it 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 
it does generate a little bit of a question of, okay, what now? You know, as that gets stronger and stronger, yes. there was a huge amount of mental psychic energy that was bound up with <laughs> desire and fear. And that's a lot of energy freed up. Yes. And this is what I notice happens. I've been, you know, been playing around in the awakening realm since 1991. It's, you know, it's been a long time. And I notice when, if I'm successful in helping someone come home, at least in a powerful peak experience, all that momentum will very often recreate some kind of seeking just because it's, it's energy that's got to do something. Yeah. So it actually means, it, it, what I realize is, and this is the, the, you know, my latest book, Radical Brilliance, is it's like your life has to be rededicated to another purpose the, because there is a life to be lived. Yes. And you're going to get up each day. Yeah. And, and to some degree, you can pre, I mean, after a realization of you are really this unborn, mis mysterious, magical, playful, creative source, there's a moment of that, there's the stabilization of that more and more into, into you know, a new come from, as you say. But then you've got your life to live out. What's, what's your life about now? Mm. And I think that's really an important question to realize that you're not, your life needs a new dedication that is no longer serving me and my perceived needs. Yes. Mm. Well, we automatically become more aware mm. and compassionate. Yes. And there's a service that's done. Boom. With, <laughs> yeah. Right. With much less effort. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, you know in an instant, you yeah. can see right through all the stuff that you used to think, I need to work on that and then work on that and then I can get to yeah. that. You can see straight to the core issue and speak right into that. And all this stuff just starts to fillet open. Right. So a lot of the doing isn't necessary. You built the circuits to see yeah. what's really true, what's really going on. Mm. So people arrive with their emotional stuff or their mental stuff, and you just part the seas right. and speak straight to the love that they are. Right. And nothing else matters. And what happens is they don't feel unheard. Mm. They feel loved. Mm. They feel instantly loved. And, and things begin to fall away. And some of that energy is automatically also used for self-healing and yeah. rejuvenation. This right. is what I found. Yeah. All of a sudden, my body started perfecting itself from a scoliotic standpoint and mm -hmm. a hip issue and migraine mm -hmm. headaches. Uh, just They started resolving. That energy wasn't available to do those things because it was busy doing all the doing before in my yes. life from the splat. There's a mm -hmm. lot of busyness. Right. So now that energy was available. Let's get busy here and start perfecting this rise of this energy so that it takes the distortion out of the field now with the distortion gone you start to see more clearly that there's something really totally different going on in this planet right. than we thought right. and as more of us are doing this more of us can see more clearly yeah. and the more clearly we can see the sooner the issues resolve mm. as we cut straight to the point and mm. and see the fear that is behind every conflict yeah. and the yeah. lack of awareness of love that right. is in its retaliation. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. So it actually, all this comes to the same place, you know, is, is a life of contribution, you know, I mean, it, it, yeah. the, 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 the destination of all, of everything we're realizing is that your life is a, your life is here for contribution. Yeah. That is it. Thank you that so much. It. This has been awesome. We are so in tune. It's crazy. Yes. It's like I am really looking at myself in another form. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so My much, pleasure. sweetheart. And really, um, yeah, I'm actually interested to uh, ex I'm interested to explore the granular 
aspect of this circuitry with you. So we'll see, yes. see what form that Happy takes. Happy to. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Okay, well, I hope you uh, found that as stimulating and I hope it I hope it actually opened up as many questions as it did answers. I hope it left you in a very inspired state of inquiry. I want to invite you as always into a practice. You know, it's one thing to listen to podcasts and to get um entertained, to consume, to receive but if you can actually turn what you've heard into something that generates uh, radical brilliance in you, then this has been not just, um, not just something to absorb, it's been something to inspire you to, uh, to generate from within yourself. So I'd like to ask you if you have paper handy, it's always I prefer to ask you to use paper than to use a computer. Uh, see if you can take a piece of paper and uh, open it up or open your notebook up so you've got a left side and a right side. And on the left side, you could write something, a heading, something like personal or personal incarnate perspective. And on the other side, you could write infinite or uh, un unborn, you know, un unborn perspective. And start to actually contrast how things seem from the individualized incarnate perspective to the prior to incarnation perspective. Spend a few minutes doing that. For example, um, just take a simple example. Okay, on the left side, we could say, I had an argument with my wife and she was blaming me in a way that was really unfair. That's the personal perspective. You shift to the other side and you could say different perspectives of the story will always make the other into object and seek to avoid personal blame. Something like that. You know, you can... So, and then you might go to the left side. Um, I really wanted to... I wrote a book. I really wanted to be a bestseller and it didn't do so well and I feel disappointed. That's the personal perspective. You go to the right side and you could say, I can see that in the, in the evolution of the human becoming universal, every failure is just as useful as every success. So I'm just drawing examples out of the air here, but take a few minutes to write how things seem from the personal perspective and then say how, see how they seem from the universal perspective on the other side of the page. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, conversation today and uh, there's many more of these podcasts coming your way. Please Go to radicalbrilliance.com. Go to the once you get to the website, go to the podcast tab. If you scroll down, you'll find this podcast. You can enter your comments, your insights. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash radical brilliance. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, all the usual spots. Come join us. Please offer your insights, your uh, questions, your comments on this podcast and anything else. And uh, I personally really delight in reading what you have to say and getting back to you. And uh, yeah, let's party. <laughs>